0: Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that gives you everything you need to ace your ACT. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions backed by a memory-enhancing algorithm, a built-in study planner, and full-length practice exams. You can get a free trial by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get 10% off. Now, let's get started. Today we have got Hamada with us from Right Track Admissions, and really glad to have you back, Hamada. Um, and would love if you could just quickly introduce yourself and your company.
1: Thank you for having me back, Tyler. I, uh, my name is Hamada Zahawi. I am the founder and CEO of Right Track Admissions, a global admissions consulting company that's been around since 2008, helping college and graduate uh, applicants applying to schools all across the world from clients all across the world uh, through the whole, uh, admissions process from school selection to school acceptance and everything in between.
0: Fantastic. So today we're going to be talking about how to get the most impactful recommendation letter and, and also just kind of digging in a little bit on like, what are the types of letters of support that you can get for, um, you know, for your application. So why don't we start with just taking it from the top right i mean one of the things that we talked about when we were preparing for this episode was how there are different types of recommenders which is something that i actually um you know we've had a couple people talk about recommendation letters before but i think this is a new angle for us so i'm really excited to dig into it with you
1: cool so basically we can start with kind of selecting the the right recommender the different types of recommenders then what i kind of want to do is Follow it up with what you should be looking for. Um, and actually, if you don't mind, I want to mm-hmm. flip it. I want to yeah. start with helping our listeners figure out identifying types, of, like identifying recommender qualities. Yeah. Once Absolutely. you recommend what once you have that, use that as your lens to then zero in. Because, Tyler, if I think that you you and I are great friends, you've supervised my work but then you don't con- you don't have the qualities that I need as a good recommender, then as great as you are, you're not going to be the person I should be seeking. So you want to make sure that you use these kind of identifiers as your lens and then go to your- figure out which recommenders make the most sense in terms of the types that you mentioned. And then finally, kind of what are the best practices for the letter, actually. So now that you've figured out the qualities, you've figured out who the best person is, now you want to tell that best person or help guide them with the best practices to ensure that the letter that you get at the end is absolutely spot on.
0: Fantastic. Um, Yes, let's take it from the top then.
1: All right. So basically, and I think this is the way that we've approached it is what are the identifiers? What are the key qualities that you're looking for in a good recommendation letter? Well, First of all, you want to find someone who's, um, you know, a great cheerleader for you, I think above all else. And linked with that, people come to me and they say, hey, listen, I can get a letter of recommendation from the head of the department uh, or excuse me, a principal uh, or the head of the history professors at their high school from all the professors or, um, you know, someone who's just, you know, like the head of a company, let's just say. Right. I'll say, well, how well do you know them? Well, I don't know them very well, but I know that they have a great title. Okay. That's not going to be helpful because what you're going to end up getting is a very generic letter. So I would rather you go after your, you know, someone that knows you very well, that's a massive cheerleader rather than someone who's just a VIP, like a very important person that um, people may say, Ooh, that's nice. You got the principal to write your letter correct, but they don't know you at all. And so what was the, what was the point?
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think like the, the biggest thing and this advice I'd heard echoed a couple of times, you really can't like, like one time, I think there was a story in another episode where somebody actually got a letter of recommendation from Al Gore, mm-hmm. but it was like, I am Al Gore vice president and I recommend this person. And so it was useless. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and I have an example. It's exactly the way I was thinking about it. There was a, In this person's case, the person that she had got a letter from was a former Secretary of State, but that Secretary of State was a professor at her undergraduate college. So he still taught her. The letter was lukewarm, but it was a Secretary of State, and at least he taught her, so he provided some of the important qualities. The example you Mm -hmm. mentioned is is fantastic. Hiram Al Gore, Vice President of the United States, and I I endorse this high school student, and it's a wrap. What was the point? Right.
0: (laughs) There was no benefit from that, basically.
1: Exactly. So uh, if anything, it just shows that maybe your parents are connected, but that's pretty much it. Um, The other quality that we look for, other than someone who's a massive cheerleader for you, is someone who's, if ideally, familiar with the college admissions process. If there's somebody who's so far removed, so, um, again, maybe like an Al Gore hasn't gone to college in 30 plus, 40 years, whatever it was, um, he may not be familiar with what is going on in the college admissions space and what colleges are looking for today rather than 40 years ago right so ideally somebody who's familiar with the college admissions process is good or you know flexible enough to understand what it is right at least has a remote finger on the pulse i think is uh, is ideal in uh, and in that vein someone who's accessible and that's very important, right? You want to ensure that the recommender is accessible and reliable because you want to make sure that when you ask them, they deliver it on time. I cannot tell yep. you how many clients I've worked with or former or, or uh, people that came before we actually started working together who we, we identified a great recommender. They uh, talked to the recommender. The recommender gave them a thumbs up that they do it. And then after the deadline, the recommender writes to them and say, hey, by the way, when was this due? And you're like, are you kidding me? I thought you already had submitted it. So right. you want to make sure the person's accessible. That's the ones that's not reliable. In terms of accessibility, you email them 10 times. They say yes. You keep emailing them to follow up or what have you. They never write it. They're not accessible. Don't bother. It's just going to drive you nuts. Go for someone else. Then someone who's not accessible and not reliable.
0: Well, and also, I mean, I mean, this happened to me, actually, when I was applying to college. Luckily, I got in early decision, so it was, it was not a big deal. But like... You know, if they forget, then you not only do you not have a, like a recommendation letter from them, but you've also kind of wasted the slot that you would have given to somebody else.
1: One hundred percent. You only you only have in some instances two, some instances three slots, so you don't want to be in a position exactly as like a Tyler where you you kind of destroyed that chance to have someone write a, a fantastic letter about you. Uh, only because you thought that they were going to have your back. And maybe they did on paper, but when it came to reality, they never ended up submitting it because they got overwhelmed. They're not accessible. They're not reliable. Um, and then that leads me to the last point, which is someone who writes well. There's no point of having someone who's got your back, is a great cheerleader, is accessible, and they just write really bad, like just bad writing, bad scholarship. So there's like exactly like the, not the Al Gore's, uh not a great writer he's a phenomenal writer i'm sure but if you wrote you know i endorse his candidate period or in this case they write something but that's so sloppy it's just a disaster in other cases let me say this for some of the international uh, listeners out there you may be getting recommendation letters from people whose english is not their first language
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh or they don't speak english period the rec- the idea here is if you cannot find anyone else but that person I recommend getting it translated by a very good translator. Knowing yeah. that also, yeah, I think, and Taylor, you may you may want to correct me if I'm wrong, you may have to notarize it or at least have that translator send a letter back to the recommender and the recommender uploads it as if it's their own. You it's don't a want to letter. Be a of, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be in a position of the the more removed you are and this will be we'll we'll talk about this in the best practices from the letter itself uh and waiving any right to view it before it's submitted the better it is for you because you don't want to be in a position where you tell the school yeah i've reviewed it because then it makes the school feel like maybe you contributed to it or even wrote it yourself so yeah the school doesn't
0: want you to see it at all like that's kind of the point yeah
1: exactly so the idea is that if you do have to get it translated have the, you know, figure out a way where the, where the recommender sends a letter to a translator, the translation goes right back to the recommender, recommender signs it and then submits it. Um, so that you don't view it, uh, ideally, because again, mm-hmm. we, we don't want the school to feel that you're prejudicing the, uh, the letter. So those are the key qualities. Again, somebody's a cheerleader, somebody who knows the process, someone's accessible and someone who writes well, if you get those, you're going to be good to go in terms of those qualities that I said In terms of uh, finding the right recommender with the qualities that you would need to really make sure that you can ace that process. Um, Now it goes back to your question, your initial question, which is what are the different uh, types of recommenders that you can get? Not recommendation letters, but the types of recommenders you can get. And I think these are pretty straightforward, uh, Tyler. I don't think uh, any of them are going to surprise you. The first, obviously, is the most important, academic. Um, Why? Because you want to flex or you want to have someone else objectively flex your intellectual aptitude, your IQ. And that really comes down not just to your transcripts, not just um, to any projects, any publications right? that flex that, but the recommender that can really showcase how well uh, you did in class, how well you performed on midterms and exams and so forth. Um, So it's important that you get a recommendation from an academic. And I mean, teachers or even college counselors uh, are obviously great resources for that. And you want to start developing those relationships with those two individuals or three individuals or four individuals. So you have optionality. Right. So, you know, history, French, uh, biology, your counselor get to know them, go to office hours, you know, talk to them after class, perform really well, contribute to class discussions. Cause you wanna have at least a couple of these as your cheerleaders. And ideally Taylor, if you can get a recommendation letter from the high school professor in the field that you wanna major in, aces, right? Think about that. You, you know, if I'm applying to history but I get my letter of recommendation from my biology professor, it doesn't look as good. Because the qualities that are required that the person is going to speak about from a history professor's perspective, me as a history major, is going to be a lot more important to the school to know than bio, right? And vice versa. So think about that as well.
0: Well, it's always just about like trying to get as close as possible to being as relevant as possible, right? Like you really it everything that gets you closer to essentially it being like the like the absolute best case scenario would be like that the letter of recommenda- recommendation writer is in the same field as the uh, the program you're applying to in college is best friends with the people on the admissions committee and also is like worked with you a lot and is a huge cheerleader of you specifically. Like that's exactly. like, you know, that's like the if you got if you hit all the boxes, right? Exactly. But that's like the closer you can get to that the better.
1: 100%. 100% because that's exactly what those letters of recommendation and um there was a recent survey I was looking at um where it showed that 55% of those colleges surveyed said that the letter of recommendation is of moderate to critical importance in your application. So it is a very, very important factor as you go through that process. Um, Other letters of recommendation, extracurricular, right? And that's really where you can kind of have both IQ and EQ demonstrated, right, in the letter. And we're talking about coaches, club advisors, uh, anything mentors, right, uh, that really on, on extracurricular perspective that can speak about both of those character qualities, whether it's your, you know, EQ, as in your emotional quantum or IQ, in terms of your aptitude in an extracurricular uh, event. Um, the third type would be professional. I know a lot of you may not have a lot of professional experience, whether it's an internship or a volunteer experience that has some kind of professional element to it. But if you do, that's also a great letter of recommendation as a second member. Your first always, always has to be academic. Your second, again, could be extracurricular or professional. Um, it, ideally, for some majors, they're going to want two layers of recognition that are academic, and maybe the third will be extracurricular or professional. But from a professional perspective, again, they can talk about your IQ, your EQ, how well you work with people, uh, how uh, approachable and personable you are, and then the IQ in terms of how you've contributed to the company uh, or the uh, initiative, endeavor, whatever that you're involved in with them. And again, you want a recommendation from a supervisor, not a colleague, right? Mm-hmm. Not someone who's your equal, and certainly not someone. He was like an intern and you were their boss because then they're going to be afraid to write a bad letter of recommendation and it can affect the veracity of the letter that they're writing for you. Um, and the last one, I kind of want to put this in there, uh, Tyler, you know, maybe you can add to it and see what you think about it if I'm off base on this one, is if you get the opportunity, okay, guys, this is really critical. So listen up. You've submitted your three letters of rec: two academic, one professional; two academic, one extracurricular. Whatever the, the combination was. Now you got waitlisted, right, or deferred, and maybe you want to submit one more letter of rec as a way of helping, kind of push you over that edge. Now all schools are going to ask for this. In fact, most won't. But if you get the opportunity to to do it, and the school is not saying don't do it, then get a letter of recommendation from a current student or an alumni. Mm-hmm. Of that school. Why? Because those schools, I mean, those letters, even though they're Hail Marys, they go and they say, hey, look, Tyler, you graduate Carnegie Mellon. And Tyler mm-hmm. says, hey, I know John very well. We have worked on one, two, three, or we were in class, whatever it is. And I've been to Carnegie Mellon and I can say safely that John would be a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. It just adds an extra layer and it just gives a school that feeling like great. If this guy is, uh, is vouching for this person, that's kind of what we look for. And, and as an alum or a current student, that's very, very important. It, it could be, it could be instrumental. And I can tell you guys, when I applied to law school, that's what I did. I was, uh, I was waitlisted at a couple of schools, and I was on the fence in a couple of schools. And one of the schools, I got a someone I knew who was an alum, uh, actually a current student, excuse me, a second or third year student, wrote a letter of rec, uh, and that really, I'm almost confident, pushed me over the edge. Uh, and get me into that school. So it's a definitely, it's it's a really good, how do I say it, half if you can pull that off.
0: Yeah, so I'm curious, I really like that one, and that's one I haven't heard before. I'm curious if you're waitlisted, and you don't have any friends who are currently a student or an alumni, would it be helpful to get like another academic one or another extracurricular one? Is it still helpful yeah. to send something?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think it is. Um, so I gave you guys a hack in terms of a current student alumni because they can say I, and that only goes to that school, right? Then that's not, not going to go to every school. It only goes to that school that you got waitlisted at. But if you got waitlisted, yeah, I I don't I don't see why not unless the school says, hey, you're waitlisted. Do not send me anything else. We will let you know if you're off the waitlist. Okay, well then you're you have no option. But if they right. come back and say, you know, is there anything else you'd like to submit to your application, right, to supplement it? then I would definitely look for a letter of recommendation. That, that, Tyler, adds to the other letters of recommendation, not repeats and duplicates, but adds to it another layer of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna be very, very important in terms of the whole process. So they could, you know, and, and not only adds to, but if there's one that let's say you applied in September, October, and you get that fourth letter somewhere in March, April, if they can write about what you've been doing since and that they can attest to, that's also a, a you know kind of a home run there. They can say, you know mm-hmm. we, we've been working with this individual for the last three or five months, they've been fantastic, one, two, three, or whatever it would be.
0: yeah, I also am curious um that that reminds me of sort of just a general, broader question when you're looking for your recommender should is it better for for it to be somebody that worked with you recently or someone that knew you really well, and I know that it's kind of subjective, but it's like you know let's say your your j v soccer coach was like a huge champion for you, but now you're on varsity like what do you, do you think that like just having a better brighter happier letter is more important than someone who's worked with you recently, or do you i mean is this too case-by-case case to answer, or is it kind of like there's a golden rule, like always try to pick stuff that's from the last year or something like that?
1: It's great, a great question, and I have to say that the JV example of a sports example, would I would have to say that is not going to be as strong as a more recent one for, an ex, for the extracurricular slot. Here's where this, there's a difference. If you got a letter of recommendation from a professor during your sophomore year or sophomore year of high school, you got a, a letter of recommendation, and then another letter of recommendation from an academic from your senior year or junior year. I guess senior year because you're applying. Well, no, I guess junior year, especially sec, you know the second part of junior year. Then. I think that's where that could work because what the the sophomore year will say was the person has achieved this much by this period. Then the second letter will complement it and take it to the present day. That's important. And since you get two bites at the apple with academic, that's where you can show progress. And schools love that. But I wouldn't take the slot of a JV coach that talks about you in, in freshman or sophomore year because what happens if by end of junior year, you drop whatever and you suck at it and you're not great and you, you know, your, your uh, sportsmanship, your teamwork has just waned significantly, then it's going to hurt it. But academic improvement is important. Extracurricular, I will try to keep it as up to date as possible.
0: Cool. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about is, you know. Who are the people not to ask? I think that uh, we already kind of touched on like if it's Al Gore or something, but they don't know you, it's not really gonna help. Um, But are there other people that just like you generally should try to, it seems like a good idea, but it's actually not.
1: Well, so I've kind of thought about like, there's three of those types that you don't wanna ask. And one of them being the VIP over someone who knows you well. So you've got the Al Gore example. Sorry, Al Gore. This is not personal at all. Um, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> Thanks vote for
0: inventing for you in the internet.
1: Yeah. I didn't vote for you in 2000. I'm an idiot. I think, you know, I regret it, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> the other one is don't ask someone who you're not 100% sure will have your back. Because that's an important one. We talked about a, a, a cheerleader, right? But if you're kind of like, oh, that history professor, they like me, but I'm not 100% sure. One of the things you could do is, and we're going to talk about best practices, is you go talk to them, suss them out, see how they feel about you, right? Before you you pull the trigger and say, write me one. And frankly, Taylor, I I actually don't know the answer to this. What happens if a recommender writes a recommendation for you, submits the recommendation, and then you start getting cold feet that that recommendation is not going to be a good one? Can you go online and delete that letter of recommendation from uh, from the uh, Common App um, aggregator? In terms of not sure. your app, I'm not sure either. That's a good question. I, 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 my I guess would be no, it. right? I don't know. I, that just seems unfair to me where somebody writes a letter and then you're like, wait a second, I don't know. And then say, please delete it. I'm going to upload another one in, in their stead, And you still have time before the application is is finalized. I don't see why you couldn't do that. Uh, to shop for letters um audience help us respond to us <laughs> respond to us in, in in the in the show in the show notes but i'm curious to know because it could be a case by case basis but it is important to kind of think about because you want to make sure that whoever has whoever you trust has your back will write the recommendation in a way that you expect not someone who's going to be a mixed bag and if you're not 100% sure do not go to them because if they do write a bad one it could definitely i'm not going to say torpedo your chances but if it's pretty bad, it could do that. And the school would probably uh, put a lot of weight on it. The, uh, the last person I would say don't ask is don't ask family, don't ask friends. We talked about friends because, you know, they may be co-equals and the school will see that as not having the kind of veracity that you would want, family being the same. Obviously, family will be biased inherently. And so you don't want to have that uh, as a letter of recommendation. Now, people are going to come back to me and say, but wait a second. I'm working with my dad or my uncle. That's the only internship I got. Can we not have a letter of recommendation for them? I would say no. If there's anybody else in the company that was slightly your supervisor or in any capacity higher than your uh, uh, standing in the company, have them write it. But do not have your father and so forth. Some people have come back to me and said, but my uncle has a different last name, you know? Take your chances. They may ask the recommender like, in what capacity do you know in this individual? And if the person writes, I worked with them, and they never reveal that they're your uncle, well, you just got away with it. But typically, be on your guard not to ask for family, uh, not to ask for friends, because it does hurt the veracity, uh, the objectivity of the letter itself.
0: By the way, uh, doing a little Googling in the background, um, with the Common App, you can, if you invite somebody to recommend you and write a recommendation letter, you can rescind that invitation before they submit it, but after they submit it, you cannot. So Mm -hmm. once that letter is submitted, you are stuck. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. And I also think that that's like, that leads to a really, like, I really like that piece of advice. So instead of going to a professor or going to your coach and being like, hey, I really want you to write me a letter of recommendation, maybe go to them first and be like, hey, how would you feel about writing me a letter of recommendation, right? Like, just like take their temperature and like, even if they really like you, they may not be super enthusiastic about it in a way that maybe you don't want to pick them yeah or
1: you you first start the conversation with i'm applying to college i want to kind of pick your brain right see see how open they are about them just talking about their experience and what advice they have for you then say you know i'm looking i'm you know currently looking to see uh, uh get letters of recommendation and i was thinking that you know if you would be interested oh i'm a little busy amazing talk about a temperature check run for the hills oh yeah i guess okay put them in the lukewarm pile oh i would be honored run with run with that one because that's you know that's the kind of vibe that you want to get with the recommender um and again to answer that you know we we, thank you for looking that up uh tyler i i don't know if that's the case with school specific who are not part of common app It, Mm -hmm. it could be on a case by case with other schools yeah. Uh, common app probably wants to keep it pretty airtight because they're trying to streamline everything. They don't want somebody to keep firing up like 20 different letters of recommendation and deleting and uploading it. So, they're, from a policy perspective, they're just like, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. You can rescind after you've sent them the link. They haven't uploaded it, but, you know, which I don't, how do you do that?
0: Um, it's all in the common app UI. Uh, yeah. They have like a whole UI for letters of recommendation. And they basically, what they, what you do is you give a name and an email. And yeah. Common App sends the email directly to the recommender. You're not supposed to be in the process at all, other than like inviting them in the first place.
1: Right, but I'm thinking of like, okay, so if you invited them, you send. The, the, they received an email from Common App, they haven't submitted a letter yet. How do you rescind unless you email the person and say, hey, please actually don't submit anything. Is there a way that you can delete their name and email off the UI so that when they go on to press send, it just gives them an error message of some sort?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. In okay. the common app UI, they have like a little screen and you can you can delete the people. There's a little trash can. Okay, good.
1: Room. Well, there you go. Somebody must have <laughs> been through this scenario before and that's yeah, why they yeah. put, put that into there. So I think let's get to like some best practices. We just gave you a yes. great one. What a hack, what a hack. Uh, I'm glad that we thought about that. I had not uh, given that too much thought because I would imagine if you do your diligence, you get the temperature check, you talk to them beforehand, then you don't have to be in this scenario. Um, But if you are in that scenario, there's your answer. Um, So first thing I would do in terms of best practices is shortlist the recommenders. We've already talked to you about the qualities that we want. So you keep that as your lens, then start shortlisting it and create a list of maybe six or eight people that you potentially would have. Bulk up on the academic, then extracurricular, then you've got your kind of X factor, your professional, your um, mentors, uh, your current alum, all that kind of stuff, right? Then once you've shortlisted that group, so you have your eight, let's say, then narrow that down to like your top five pick. You've got your three core and two alternates. The three core are the ones that now you feel comfortable. You've maybe done a temperature check and you've gone to them and say, hey, will you write me a letter, back?" And they were all thumbs up. Okay. And you they passed the uh, accessibility test, right? Mm -hmm. They were going to be accessible. 2 weeks before you're still not getting them to confirm that they've submitted their letter of rec jump back into the platform exactly like Tyler just looked for you if they're not responding if they haven't submitted it i mean now you're really getting close delete go to the alternate and press play and you can even talk to the alternate and say listen you know i would love you to write a recommendation for me and they could And again, now it's so much more technical. So they could write it. I don't know if they're going to be upset that they write it and they hold on to it until you send them a link. And then they'd get peeved if you don't. I guess what you could do is you could have them write it. You don't send them a link yet. They're in a holding pattern and they could be number four and you never send them the link if you don't need them. And then if you got waitlisted, you go back to them and say, hey, I now need the opportunity for you to submit that letter. Or... You tell the the alternate in, in in so many words. I have you know certain people I need to get recommendations from. I do you know want to keep you on on hold in case I need one uh, an additional letter or in case one of them falls through. Especially if you have a good relationship with them, and they'll be like, "Sure, come back to me anytime." That would be the ideal scenario.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely lean uh, in the direction of just telling the truth in this case, right? Like because I think that the thing you don't want to do is like potentially sour the relationship with this person and then the time comes that you do actually need their letter like if you get waitlisted but you've already kind of made them annoyed because you asked them to do this work and then didn't use it right so i think it I, i think at least for me i would i would say you know tell them the truth basically like you don't want to be like hey you're my fourth choice but maybe you just you like you said hamada you put it like hey like i have to get one from like these academic people And I have to get one, like my, you know, just say it's Hamada's fault. Say, you know, my, my counselor or the, you know, the people that I'm working with, uh, they told me I have to get one from my coach and two from my professors, but you, you know, we've run the robotics club together for the last year. And I would really love to have you be my fourth one in case one of them falls through or in case I get waitlisted. Like, would you be open to that? I think that as long as you just kind of don't make it personal, it should probably go. Okay.
1: I think so. I think that's exactly the point. And I think people would be okay with that either way. They're they, if they're got your back, they're willing to do whatever it takes to help push you in that positive direction, whether they are your primary recommenders or alternates. and uh, mm-hmm. their goal is to try to help you push you across the goal line. And so we spoke about temperature checks. You could use it, you can use the next piece of advice is used for both temperature checks and once you've solidified that this person is in fact going to write you a letter of recommendation and that is uh speak with them directly don't just email hey tyler can you write me a rec- recommendation i'd be honored if you did sure i'll write your letter of recommendation leave it at that no you want to basically provide- Even ask
0: over email at all i mean i don't know maybe i'm old school but i would just i would definitely ask in person.
1: I, and that's exactly the, exactly the point. Don't email the recommender for recommendation. Try to find a way to approach them. You, you know, if they're not too busy, and ask them directly. Go to their office hours. See if you can kind of find them on campus. Talk to them. You know, have a conversation. Because what you want to do is a, you've got the temperature check that you're doing with them. B, once you've got the temperature check, and they're going to be your go-to person. You want to? I, I old school as well, Tyler. I actually would print out my resume. Print out my transcripts to that point and even print out like my common app essay if I've already completed yeah. it and then put that into a folder and say, here you go. Here's who I am. And we'll talk a little bit about this in terms of what is called a brag sheet. It's commonly known as, you know, you have all that, you put it to the folder, you give it to them. So now when the recommender is actually putting your your, applica- your uh, recommendation together, they've got these great tools that they can kind of reference back rather than trying to scratch your head and remember who you are.
0: Um, And you're making their life easy. Yeah, you're making your life easy. And the other thing I really like about that is that um, it keeps the story together. I mean, one of the biggest things that is kind of the challenge with letters of recommendation in general is that um, they might vary wildly from what your overall story is, right? Like, in general, your application is best if you can kind of, through your essays, letters, et cetera... Have a cohesive narrative, um, and if you don't provide some evidence of that narrative, then the recommender could write anything, right? Exactly. And it's not to say that they have to follow the narrative, right? You can't control what they do at all, but exactly. uh, you can definitely like make it clear what you're looking for, and I, hopefully, if they like you, they'll take that into account. Exactly,
1: and then that's and that's how you want to kind of approach that and speaking with them. On so many levels, a triggers memory of who you are. they see how you present yourself, they see how professional you are, and that really gives them a good feeling when they put the recommendation together. I did that uh when I was applying to college when I was applying to law school and so forth, and I thought it was such it made such a big uh big difference uh from that perspective um The other thing in terms of best practices is thinking about the the letters of recommendation are meant to focus on two main areas, right, IQ, EQ. Um, and again, EQ, emotional, quantum, one of the most important factors that schools look for now as much as IQ in terms of your intellect. And you wanna make sure that the that the letters of recommendation, the two or three you submit, provide a healthy balance of both. You don't wanna be in a position where you have two letters of recommendation, both academic, both leaning very heavily into your IQ, and then neglecting your EQ. and vice versa. So you want to make sure that you have healthy doses of both represented in the different letters that you have.
0: Yeah, because the schools both, you know, I I mean, I'm sure that Harvard's fine with what happened with Mark Zuckerberg, but like, you know, the Zuckerberg-esque like genius that also is, a lot of people kind of dislike, like, is not actually what their preference is. They'd rather have kind of the the genius that also everybody likes, you know? <laughs> Just all other things equal.
1: Exactly, the well-rounded, the person, because look, in the end of the day, you get, a, you get a genius who's completely out of touch with with how to communicate, you're gonna have a lot of breakdowns, class discussions, uh, empathy, uh, open frank, dis, you know, uh, uh, interactions, you, you know, it, it really doesn't, it's not conducive for a safe space. In an academic right. environment, when you're around people who do not know how to communicate well, are not sensitive enough to other people's narratives or curious enough to learn more about them. And that's why emotional intelligence is so, so important. And look, reality speaking, Tyler, like obviously you and I wouldn't be in the business we are if we didn't have uh, a semblance of emotional intelligence. But in real life, you've got to have it. It's impossible. We're not. We don't long. We no longer live in a world. I would imagine. I hope not. I hope it never happens where we're just plugged into a room, shut the door, put the red stapler on the desk, and, and and close the door after us, and nobody communicates with us. Like we're people that are communicative still until AI, you know, consumes us. That's the more. That's more important than just your intelligence.
0: Uh, I mean, I think that when AI suddenly starts doing a bunch of the work um the, the eq will become even more important because it'll be the one thing that differentiates us um 100 but yeah not to be and i mean you know the proof is in the pudding too like for instance i mean because i uh slandered mark zuckerberg without <laughs> well he, he doesn't Again, care we're gonna, get, um, we're gonna get in trouble no um he actually you'll notice in the last like five years or so he's really um you can you can see in the, what he's doing that he's really working on his EQ. So yep. you know it's it's important to everyone.
1: Exactly, 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 and that's and that's I mean that's how we hit. You, I, actually, I heard him. I, it's funny mentioned Mark uh, Zuckerberg. I, I, he was the commencement speaker at Harvard when I was when I graduated.
2: Oh wow! And cool. His
1: yeah, and his whole speech was really kind of almost like a. He was doing I think what they call like a bellwether to see what how people would receive him as a potential politician because you recognize that he can't just be the guy who's kind of stuck in the room and how they how they how they uh uh showed him on television with that social network movie where he looked like a complete recluse and so forth you really try to show like all his different facets and that's something that's very important to him now that we see a lot of these uh tech tech, tech giants grapple with and have a lot of difficulty difficulty with without mentioning the the new uh the new move for twitter and so forth and what's going on with our our friend up there
0: who's yeah, leaving the yeah. charge on that people people are assigning different levels of importance to this without getting too far off topic here um i think just it, it would actually be helpful for iq i think it's pretty clear when you're getting an academic letter of recommendation and it's talking about iq it's like you know tyler was one of the top students i've ever taught i mean that's that's also like a language thing that i've heard a couple of times doing other episodes like you don't want them to say like tyler was a good student you want them to say like tyler is one of the best students i've taught in the last 10 years or whatever like try to give some award or context or perspective yeah. on like you know like in over the course of their career or whatever it is exactly. um but with the academic stuff it's kind of straightforward right like it's like okay like they were good at the, they were good at the stuff they showed intellectual curiosity um but for eq like how how would a recommender talk about your eq in a good way so if you were f- focused on the academic
1: part one of the best ways to do that is in class participation they were mm-hmm. good listeners they were gracious speakers we saw them communicate with other people on projects um their uh their delivery their ability to answer questions you know that kind of interaction i think is going to be very important how they volunteer to take assignments right that kind of shows the eq from an academic in-class situation outside the classroom it should be fairly obvious right tyler because you're talking about like how well do they communicate with other team members if it's an extracurricular how well do they play with people what kind of sportsmen were they uh all that kind of stuff comes into the eq aspect of it but the academic one is harder Because like you said, it's much easier to say they performed well in this project, they crushed their midterm, they killed their final, right? That's where you have to really show in-class collaboration, participation, listening skills, you know, giving people space, I guess, what is it? Stand back and listen, not always uh, speak up. Um, Mm -hmm. So these are, I think, the important aspects of how you can kind of really showcase one's EQ from an academic perspective.
0: Great. And so, yeah, then moving on from that, I, I you know I feel like you talked about a lot of these different ways that you can kind of prep your recommenders, right? So, I mean, yeah. there's like the brag sheet. And what, what is in the brag sheet? You probably don't want to say that you're like Platinum Elo in uh, League of Legends or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Unless the, unless the class is all about actually creating games, which would be pretty cool. Um, but the idea here is that um, your brag sheet should be bulleted uh, making the life of your recommender easy. I told you submit the, your transcripts, resume, and potential draft of your Common App essay uh, to the recommender. A brag sheet kind of is in lieu of, or in addition to those, it may be duplicative, but the idea here is that you just kind of provide a summation So you say, look, you know, I was in your class, I participated in this way, and you wanna make sure you're honest about it and you're objective about it. Uh, these, are the cl- these are the projects I worked on. This is the, the paper I submitted. This was the title. This is the grade I received. Um, you know, it, you know it, on a, outside of the classroom, here's what I've been doing uh, at, uh, in high school, focusing on these, on these things, the student paper, uh, the, the robotics cl- uh, a club, whatever it would be. And, you know, my goal is that I want to basically in college study X major and eventually go on to do Y field, right? And then you provide mm-hmm. that to them. And it's kind of like a summation of your life with all the flowers, with all the beauty, you know, don't be overly hyperbolic, but definitely, you know, you want to ingratiate yourself um, with accurate information and you present that to them, they can then peruse that quickly and then have the right snippets to then tuck inside your, it's as if, it's like Inception, like the movie, you guys seen it. Uh, It's like as if you plant the seed of those comments and compliments in the brag sheet that they would then assume, (laughs) they've written it themselves or thought about it themselves, and then subconsciously pile that into your recommendation letter. Um,
2: right.
1: And that's the closest you're going to get to basically orchestrating your letter of recognition, because you can't write it yourself. So this would be one of the closer ways of doing it. And it's, it's, it's fair game, because you're just providing them with notes for them to think about, and no school is going to reprimand you for that. And within mm-hmm. that, let me add also is examples. Always back your, your compliment of yourself or your sheet with examples. You know, say, you know, I was definitely one of the top performers in the class in terms of my grades. Here are my grades. Here is X. You know, I was someone that, you know, uh, I felt I, I provided a lot of space in class. Here is an example of, of, of a class that I did that with, with whatever. I mean, try to flower it up with examples so that, again, the recommender can pull that example, own it, use it to kind of showcase your strengths, your skills, your qualities uh, as well.
0: Do you be at all worried about recommenders taking the same example, or does it not really matter?
1: Uh, if, if the recommenders all using the same example?
0: Yeah, like, or yeah. just two using the same example?
1: No, I, and that's where you want your brag sheet. It's not going to be copy paste same brag sheet. You've got to kind of tweak it and have some of your uh, some of the stuff in the recommend in the brag sheet should be different from one recommender to the next. So what they do is both letters are not duplicative. Mm -hmm. but complementary to you, who you are.
2: Got it. Okay,
1: That's very important. So that, again, when the letters don't look like, oh, yeah, it's the same exact letter. I wonder why. In some cases, when that happens, it's because you wrote it twice. Obviously, that's not the case. It's because you gave them a brag sheet that had the same information. So they just pretty much use the same stuff. From our perspective, don't. Have a bracket that talks about one side of you, another one that talks about the other side of you, not one one that's completely comprehensive that they both use because you don't know if they're going to, like you said, use the same example. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure another uh, good best practice is make sure that you got the correct email address of the recommender and one that they check often because you don't want to be in a position of giving them a recommend, uh, 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 an email of, let's say, an old email that they don't check. And when you're emailing them or, or Common App is emailing them, it's going into their spam. They never look at it. So you want to make sure that you are sent, you're getting them the most up to date recommend uh, uh contact information that you've worked with and checked yourself like you've corresponded with the person they've used that uh they've used that contact information. As I said, waive the right to review. Don't look at your letter. Okay, I'm not going to say anything more. I'm going to leave it at that. Don't look at the letter because if you write if the school says did you opt to look at your letter of recommendation or. Uh, I guess the way it's phrased, uh, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, either it's have you looked at your letter of recommendation, yes or no, or do you uh, you waive your right? Actually, that's what it is. Do you waive your right to look at your recommendation letter? Yes, I do waive my right to look at it. And the idea is that you do not want to look at it because Mm -hmm. once you do, they will think that you've influenced the letter unduly, which will, in fact, uh, impact its credibility. Mm -hmm. Um, Last two quick points, guys. Uh, one is go and request the letter in advance, which is what we talked about. Develop your shortlist, like, you know, as soon as possible. And then start going into the temperature check, reaching out to them, temperature check, talk to them, and make sure that you've given them plenty of time. Because I think it's, be honest, I've written quite a few letters of rec myself for uh, past employees and so on and so forth. And I find it somewhat disrespectful of my time. When they give me a couple of days to do it, because a it a shows me they don't care about my time, b it shows that I'm an, I'm a Plan B, and that they've already asked somebody else and they didn't come through, so now they're coming to me, which doesn't gives me it doesn't give me a lot of cause for comfort. So I would say at least two to three months out, start approaching it, you know, test the waters, get the temperature check, uh, and get the ball rolling, and follow up with them, you know, like two weeks out. Hey, just want to double check that you sent it. And if it's the Common App, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, uh, you will see that it was submitted in the mm-hmm. Common App that says in, in recommendation letter submitted. Um, so you'll know, you're good to go,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? But you can always follow up and say, hey, I saw that you submitted my letter of recommendation to the Common App, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. That will then trigger them, because what happens, Tyler, this is random, that they submitted a draft. They submitted the wrong one. They submitted Tyler's instead of David's bobs instead of sarah's right so then they'll quickly th- remember oh yeah let me quickly double check you know he prompted me to take a look at it they go back to the common app they see they submitted the right one
0: right well and also i mean i can't imagine how many people ask for a recommendation that the professors do it and then they never hear from the kid again right like just saying thank you is already going to help you stand out for that person and they'll be more willing to help you in the future
1: a hundred percent and that's my last point and you you pretty much got it is thank them after they've submitted the letter. Thank you for submitting the letter, Breck, And then send them a thank you once you got admitted. Hey, Professor X, just want to let you know I got into Carnegie Mellon. I'm so happy, this is exactly where I want it to be. And a lot of thanks goes to you for having written the letter of recommendation. I hope we stay in touch. In the future, I very much value your support and your guidance, you know, have a great summer or whatever it is. It really will give them a lot of feeling Of uh, how do I say it? Of um, of just uh, appreciation. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's very, very important to do that.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. And then anything else that you want to uh, just like talk about as we wrap this up?
1: No, I mean, look, uh, again, I can't emphasize enough that your application that you're submitting needs to be multifaceted in the fact that it shows all aspects of who you are. So Mm -hmm. do not over lean on one area versus another. So whether it's your essays, you want to vary them and speak about different experiences and examples in different essays that holistically show a great image of who you are. By the same Mm -hmm. token, the same with the letters of recommendation. Don't have the recommenders all hyper focus on one achievement or one aspect of who you are. Each letter should showcase different aspects, EQ, IQ, your personal qualities, your future goals, whatever it is, right? And so that when the school looks at all three letters of rec or both letters of rec, they get a very good overview of who you are as a candidate rather than just one facet. So I'll just leave you guys with that parting thought.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Hamada from Right Track Admissions. And that's W-R-I-T-E. Get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by going to achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout if you like it.